some people when they're pregnant, if it's planned and it's on purpose and they're financially stable, the whole world rallies around them and it's the most celebrated thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was not my experience. Yeah. <laughs> and so it doesn't change the need of that baby and the need of that mom to be believed in, to be supported and to have, you know, overall well-being and, mm-hmm. and health. Hi guys, I'm your host Megan Van Diepender and this is the Empowerhood Podcast. I am so happy to have you here. You know, motherhood is hard and we are going to talk about all of the hard things that just are not talked about enough. So buckle up and enjoy this episode. All right. Hi, Kyla. Hi, Megan. How are How you? Are you? I'm good. I'm good too. Excited to be here with you. Thank you. I'm for so excited me. to have you. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's always fun to get to chat with you. Yes, definitely. I love it. So everyone listening in today, we have Kyla Schmidt here, and she is going to talk a little bit about unplanned pregnancy, um, her personal experience with this, and also the incredible business that she started to give parents the resources and support that they need if they are going through circumstances like this. So Kyla, why don't you start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you? Sure. So my name is Kyla Schmidt. Um, I'm the founder and executive director of Mom Starts Here. We're a nonprofit serving Albany, Schenectady, and Rensselaer counties in upstate New York. I'm a mom of three. I have an 11-year-old son, a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and a almost seven-month-old son um, who is at work with us right now. So we <laughs> get to hang out with him pretty often. He might uh, make an appearance and make his presence known. um, Yeah. So uh, I'm really passionate about making sure that parents have the support that they need. And fortunately, I'm able to um, walk out some of that passion um, through uh, the organization um, that I work for that, you know, I had the fortune of being able to start and now the fortune of being able to continue to be a part of. Yeah, definitely. Um, So start from the beginning. How did you get to this business? Like, what is your journey? Yeah, so it's interesting, actually, right before this meeting, I had a a meeting with someone who was um, asking me some similar questions, and he sort of had um, helped me realize how easily I can sort of explain how we got here and how I'm, I'm working on you know, the language around where we're going and, and how that ties into sort of some of my own personal pursuits and in the ways that um, Mom Starts Here has shaped my thinking and and what I'm hoping to do in the world. So it, it's a funny kind of place to be right now to say like, oh, yeah, I can do this part really easily. <laughs> um, but, you know, the other part is the thing I'm working on. But um, so basically the story is that at 19, um, I was in college and I ended up um, getting pregnant unexpectedly. And it was definitely a challenge to communicate that to the people in my life. Um, Also a challenge to navigate community resources and see what help was out there and engage with that help and also deal with kind of all of the emotional and mental work that it takes to, um, you know, make that sort of transition, right? When, When a pregnancy is unplanned, it's a lot of mental work to be like, okay, so my life is forever changed. What are we doing now? Um, so really, you know, in 2016, you know, I had my son in 2012 In 2016, um, I founded mom starts here to be a place that parents could go, um, if they needed support. And that was 
really the internal support that they needed to kind of wrap their minds around this change, whether the pregnancy was unplanned or if they were, you know, a young mom or if they were a low income family that was just struggling um, to really provide that support for the internal pieces. Um, but then also the external needs that I experienced, um, you know, things like diapers and a car seat and a pack and play and clothing on an ongoing basis. And just having that like continual support, I think was the main thing that was missing. Um, for me, that was easy enough to find one off support, but you know, your kids grow and you change and your circumstances change. And so, um, that's what we really set out to do when, when we started mom starts here was to be a continuing support for those internal and external needs. And that's still what we're doing today. That's amazing. Um, I was going to ask you, so like when you, you were 19, you know, what did you come across that was the hardest for you, you know, during that time that you didn't, couldn't find those resources or support? Like, what did you base your business off of that was really hard for you? Yeah. So I think like, you know, the way that we tend to frame it is the internal and external. So speaking from, you know, the internal needs that I had was really just like the community of people to, um, provide encouragement to really believe in me and um, help me have like a healthy mental outlook on the journey I was about to embark on. And, you know, I believed in myself and I leaned very heavily on my faith and I had, you know, sort of the internal conviction that if this was happening, then it was something that I could handle, right? Like mm-hmm. that I wasn't alone, that like God would see me through it. And he absolutely has and more. Um But the piece of, you know, some people when they're pregnant, if it's planned and it's on purpose and they're financially stable, the whole world rallies around them and it's the most celebrated thing ever. Um, You know, that was not my experience. Yeah. (laughs) And so it doesn't change the need of that baby and the need Mm -hmm. of that mom to be believed in, to be supported and to have, you know, overall well-being. And, mm-hmm. and health. Um, and so much of that well-being and health is dependent on the parent's mental state. So it's kind of that external um, needs that the, the, do impact your mental state, right? Like, mm-hmm. how am I going to afford fill in the blank? Um, right. So that was definitely part of my experience. But honestly, like the deepest thing for me was those internal things. And I was really fortunate to have, you know, some people that rallied around me. And so we're really... Yeah aiming to be those people that are in the corner for for parents that are really struggling um because a lot of times they don't have that support but yeah you just gave me goosebumps because I feel like that's so hard right like when you if that happens to you and you get pregnant you know unexpectedly you know the first things going through your head are aren't like you're so excited about having a baby it's like how am I going to tell people this is so stressful um it's like emotional turmoil instead of being like rejoicing for this this gift even if it's not expected or not um and I think there's not enough of that out there you know for sure so I think it's you know huge what you're doing thank you I think you know we try and integrate more and more of that right Mm -hmm. um the low-hanging fruit (laughs) to put it that way is sort of stuff it's the diapers it's the clothes and people can wrap their mind around that like babies use diapers and some people can't afford them like right narrative no explanation needed right um you know the nuanced experiences of 
families in need, whether that be because it's an unplanned pregnancy, because they're mm-hmm. young, because they're in an abusive relationship, because they're getting evicted, because they just lost their job, because they're having health issues, because fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Those are the stories that are really hard to tell um, because they're not universally understood. Um, right. And there, there is a lot of nuance there. Um, mm-hmm. And just, you know, so really what we're trying to do is be the community's safety net for all parents. Um, to make sure that they have whatever kind of support they need to really thrive in their parent-child relationship with the ultimate goal being, you know, better outcomes for that child and and Mm -hmm. an intergenerational impact. That's our big picture. Right. Why? That's Um, like for the long run, you're saying, like in the future. Exactly. And and anything short of that is temporary and it's a Band-Aid and like it's cool to provide those diapers. You know, we can all feel good about that. Um, But – What's even cooler is having, you know, a mom who feels supported and Mm -hmm. confident and like they have the resources and the education and the support and the, you know, community Mm -hmm. to be able to continue to show up well as a mom every single day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, just that encouragement, I'm sure is huge for the mom to be able to be a better parent, but also to encourage them that, you know, they're capable to do, you know, big things still, you know, it's not like the end of the road for them, especially just hearing your story, Kyla, like, it's just the beginning, right? Like, you become a mom. And, you know, a lot of people think like, it's like, your life is over, over, right? But it's really just beginning, you know, it's, you get to be this example for this, this child, you know, and and lead them, you know, to a really, really good life. And I think that encouragement just in itself to support them and know that they're not alone is huge for them to be able to, you know, get a better job or really do something that they love. Um, Even if it's just staying home with their child and loving them as much as they can, you know, not having those stressors of... What do you say? That's the hardest thing, just being home with your kids exactly. all day. Exactly. Right. We all found that out during COVID. It's oh, yeah. Good point, Megan. You know, just being able to support people, let them know that they're not alone, you know, and mm-hmm. have real tangible ways that we do that in our programs through our parent life coaching, through mm-hmm. our peer support groups, our workshops, and the content that we create that's targeted at the real life circumstances that parents find themselves in and incorporating evidence-based information and walking with them on their pregnancy journey and the Mm -hmm. postpartum journey. It's all those things. Um, And it's all those kind of soft, intangible, but, you know, it's making the intangible tangible is really what we're trying to do with that kind of Right. I mean, I find like even, you know, pregnancy in itself when it's planned, you know, there's a lot of overwhelming things that go on through your mind, you know, within that nine to 10 months that you're pregnant. So, I mean, having it unexpected, I can only imagine the pressure, you know, to be like, I need to be able to get all this stuff together for this baby and, you know, then be home with them and take maternity and like all this stuff. So I think it's amazing that you offer those like counseling sessions too, along with, you know, the essentials. What do you think is like the biggest thing that you have to offer that's used the most? Would it be diapers or, I mean, what would it be through your business? You know, it's really hard to say. Um, I think what's most desired are the diapers. Mm. Um, It's probably because we are the only local program that's providing a full monthly supply on a recurring basis. So everybody wants in on on that Um, for good reason. You know, diapers are super expensive. Um, The other ways that our communities address diaper insecurity tend to be through diaper banks or food pantries where you're getting, you know, not an 
adequate supply and mm-hmm. they're not necessarily going to have your size in stock and you can only go so often and you have to, you know, go there. Mm-hmm. And we do have, you know, diaper closets that we, that function very much in the same way. It's like an emergency kind of, um, provision, mm-hmm. uh, that'll get you through, you know, five days or so. Um, but we do have a monthly diaper program where, um, Families are given like a diaper benefit card, similar to food stamps or WIC, where okay. it's loaded with budget. They're able to buy their own diapers every month, and it's a full supply for every child in diapers in their household under the wow. age of three. And so that's really meant to fully meet the need, meet the stress and the mental strain that families have from not knowing where the next box is going to come from, you know. Right. Um, but that's super expensive, you know, and so there's a limit to how many families we can serve in that program. Right. Um, and that program's underfunded, you know, which is something that we're constantly trying to raise awareness and, and money um, so we can have more children in the program. Right. But that's probably the most, um, you know, desired program for folks to want to participate in. Right. Uh, but we do have, you know, it, the material items are always really a need. There's so mm-hmm. much material need out there. So yeah. I mean, kids are always growing, right? And, and exactly. And well, even <laughs> car seats and pack yeah. and plays, you know, while there are places in the community that you can get those things, you often, you know, it's not a guarantee. Right. Um, and you often have to participate in some kind of program in order to receive it, which is not doable for everyone. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think, you know, a big gap that we're filling is just in the provision of those essential items. But, you know, the the long-term impact is really seen in, in some of the other forms of support that we provide. Right. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, psychologically, when someone goes through this, I mean, just like you did, um, what did it take for you to really feel, you know, supported? What can you tell women out there that are going through this right now? Like, how can they find a support system where they live? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's a great question. I think that... Um, the things that, you know, I consider myself to be very blessed and privileged to have just the right kinds of resources within myself and within my family and within mm-hmm. my community to come out the other side, um, you know, relatively unscathed. Right. <laughs> but that's not the case for everyone. That's not the case for a lot of women in unplanned pregnancies. Um, I had, you know, not a whole lot of barriers, right? I didn't have... Um, you know, a partner or a, you know, abusive relationship that was, you know, keeping me in oppression. My son, my now 11 year old son's father lived in another state, you know, not that there wasn't drama or, you know, some sort of hardship there. It wasn't my safety wasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. at stake and I didn't have anybody in my face every day. Like, you know, like the things that people have to deal with a lot of times in these scenarios is really, really hard. Um, And I think that the things that got me through were something you touched on earlier was like still having a dream, still Mm -hmm. believing that the things that you want for your life are possible. Mm -hmm. What's really hard, I think, is a lot of folks that come into these scenarios already are having a hard time having dreams, having, you know, visions for their lives Mm -hmm. that go beyond, you know, getting through the Mm -hmm. next day. Um, And so that's something that we've always really tried to do is help people have visions for their lives, set goals for themselves. Mm-hmm. But any mom that's kind of finding themselves in this position, I would say hold on to a dream because it's the best thing you could do for your child is to, you know, really have that kind of um, mm-hmm. dream in your heart that you're pursuing. That's mm-hmm. one of the best things you could teach them how to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's huge too. Um, now, I mean, unplanned pregnancies, I mean, I, I was doing some research on it. I mean, they're, it's really common in the U.S. Like the statistics are really high. Um, why do you think that is? Like how are we not supporting, you know, younger women or like how can we support women more, I guess, through this? Yeah, I think, you know, part of it always has to come down to education um, and what people do and don't understand about birth control, about their own bodies, about sex. Like there's just, you know, a lot of, I think, misconceptions um, and lack of truth, you know, around that. But even further back than that, I think, um, especially in this age of, you know, TikTok and social media yeah. and all these messages yeah. that you know, young girls are receiving about their worth and their value, what makes a woman valuable and all these things, you know, it, it lends itself to finding purpose in external things and in relationships and in, you know, being attractive or, you know, having a boyfriend. And then that can very easily lead itself to being in a compromised position where you make decisions that you might not make otherwise. So yeah. I think, you know, all of it kind of goes back to internal worth and internal mm -hmm. kind of stability and, um, the ability to be, you know, self-aware and regulate yourself and your emotions and have, you know, a good positive view of yourself for the right reasons. I think all of those things are really important, which in my book always comes down to parenting, right? Like right. what were, what was poured into you, right? right? You know, what kind of resources did your parents have to give you that kind mm -hmm. of stable place to approach the world from where you don't feel like you need to, you know, yeah. sleep with someone to, to be worth something. And, and that wasn't my experience. Um, you know, I think I did have that, which I think was part of why I was able to kind of come out the other side and, right. and be like, you know, what? I'm still worth something. I'm still going to do something great with my life, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think for some people that can be the thing that really just creates this downhill trajectory is already feeling insecure and not worth it. Um, and then having that really, that message, spewed again, you know, now when you have yeah. this and then yeah. just perpetuating, but yeah, no, I think, I think that's, I mean, you're right on education um, and just knowledge of that, especially in the world that we're living today. I mean, I, I remember being a teenager and it was, it was really hard um, to find that self-worth, you know, especially with all the things that surround us in our society and, and whatnot. And I think you're right. I mean, like you said, you're trying to get to the root cause, not the bandaid. Right. And, uh, um, I think the root is really like how we're raising our children, right? Um, with anything, but especially with like confidence, self-worth, self-love, all that stuff, you know, we need to be that example. Um, and you being able to offer that to women um, that might not have that, you know, right now and to bring that to them along with the essentials like diapers and all that. I think, you know, you're doing something bigger than you ever thought, right? I mean, you're getting down to... Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, it's, it's always, you know our program director Paige and I were literally constantly talking about how we can help people beyond just the temporary mm -hmm. material things and deepen our impact in ways that are lasting and meaningful, but you have to meet someone where they are. Um, right. and not everyone is on in a place where they're looking to grow and they're mm -hmm. you know, open to those kinds of things. And so it's about just creating that space and being, mm -hmm. um, a voice of positivity and not, you know, in a way that's untrue, but just mm -hmm. really telling people what you see in them, telling them the good you see, encouraging them when they're doing great and right. validating their feelings. And, you know, some of that goes into like the life coaching piece, but mm -hmm. um, just really helping people see the good that they're doing and 
not, you know, encouraging anxious, depressive, self-deprecating voices that they already have a lot of times going on. Right. Right. And I know you do throw most of your clients like a baby shower, right? Um, And I feel like even just that, just being like, you know, you're special. This is special. Uh, This baby is special. That's just like huge just in itself, Um, especially if they don't have a support system at home, just to be able to have that and you know, feel really love welcome. The showers. They're so much yeah, fun. You know, I love that too. Have snacks and yeah. I'm always trying to get like a group baby bump shot. Right. <laughs> thing. I'm like, oh, this month's girl. Like, yeah. I love it. Well, and um, I also love that you have other women come into that that are expecting as well. So you're creating this little mama community, you know, for these women and they don't know each other, right? This is like the first time yeah. they're kind of meeting each other. Because I mean, I think like, I mean, obviously, while you're pregnant, it's really challenging. But like afterwards, postpartum, when you have the baby, you're really alone. It's very isolating. And just to have these other moms that are kind of going through the same thing that they might not have known beforehand um, and having you to talk to as well. But I mean, that's that's huge. A lot of women don't do that and they won't reach out to find, you know, other postpartum women. So I think that's that's really, really important. Yeah, we're trying to have, you know, the – monthly baby showers that we do and the the moms that are pregnant together, we're trying to turn those into peer groups and postpartum Mm -hmm. support um, groups that, you know, like you said, really build on that momentum of having community and being understood by others in that situation. Great. So Kyla, what advice can you give to people out there right now? Like what would be the first thing you would tell moms out there, you know, that aren't in the New York area or what should they do to get the support that they need? Yeah. So we do have a mobile app. Um, and while the material item support is, um, limited to the three counties that we serve in upstate New York, we do provide, um, coaching and other services and support, um, for the internal needs of parents, um, through our mobile app. So you can definitely get in touch that way. Um, I think if I had one message, right, to give it to any parent, it would be nobody is born with the knowledge and skills to be a perfect parent. There are no perfect parents, but mm-hmm. it's a learning experience for every single one of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's sometimes a misconception that you should just know how to do it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, oh, I should be able to do this. It's my kid. I should know what they need. I should know, you know, how to show up for them. Um, but you'd have to be an expert on humanity in order to really have that be true. And we're not. Most of us are not. No. Oh my God, no. God, no. I mean, I'm seven years in, you're 11 years in, and I'm still learning every day. So every day. Yeah. And it's, like, you know, just having an openness and a humble approach to parenting, a vulnerability where, you know, we change the narrative from, you know, what's best all the time for each other. Like, no, you don't. Like, you know, your child best, but you don't necessarily know what's best. Like, how could you, how could that be true? Right. And so like, we have this very, like, you know, a lot of times we'll have walls to learning and growing and our parenting, letting other people in, like, you know, and just doing this together, it really does take a village and just having um, more openness, I think, to learning and growing, um, And also having a level of discernment about what's right for you, what's right for your kid. That doesn't mean like just take everything that anyone says. This isn't about Mm -hmm. an advice giving thing. It's more about um, an attitude of growth and learning um, and being open to that, I think is 
my message to all parents. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a great message. Amen. Um, I mean, yeah, I've learned more in the past seven years than I've learned, I feel like in my whole entire lifetime. Um, yeah. and it, it is truly like you have to be open to it because I think a lot of times, you know, you put out there like parents are supposed to know what they're doing. Right. And like, you know, what's best for your child. And like, yeah, we're, we're parents, right. We're supposed to guide them, but it doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes and we right, can still right. admit to those mistakes. Own, and- own your gut instinct, own the fact mm-hmm. that you know your child better than anyone else. That is 1000% true. And you're going to know when advice or somebody's theory or method of parenting isn't a good fit for you. And it isn't mm-hmm. a good fit for your child. 100%. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> the other side of that is research-based pieces around like what children need and what Mm -hmm. is developmentally appropriate and what is required of a parent to really support their child Mm -hmm. in lasting ways. You know, we do have that, like that, those are facts, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so just being open to learning and growing in those ways, um, you know, the nitty gritty of how you choose to do X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. is not really the main point, but the main point of just being, open to growth, I think is really, really huge and something that we can all take some steps in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like nowadays there's like endless resources online or books and stuff that you can find and find your own, you know, kind of parenting niche, um, what feels right to you and your values and and whatnot. And yeah, that's huge. So where do you see your business, you know, five to 10 years from now, what do you want to do? Yeah, I really would just hope that we have a larger footprint and a uh, increased capacity to be a part of the village for more and more parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely moving the needle forward for low-income parents, um, particularly because I, I know that they have the most barriers. Um, that's really the heart of Mom Starts here is to support all parents, but particularly those that have, you know, increased need. But just to change the culture around parenting a little bit so that we're all realizing that um, the things that we have inside of us really matter in the way that we show up with our kids, but also the support we have outside of us in terms of just having those basic needs met. They're, they're really vital. Um, And so I I have a vision for an organization that really can grow to do that for more and more communities. I mean, you know, the timing is in God's hands. I'm not going to pretend to know exactly what that looks like, but you know, I think the sky's the limit because I think it's the great universalizer, right? It's just um, the the fun of, of raising other humans. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully we'll be growing for sure. Oh my God. I feel like you are just like, as we speak, I feel like you've already helped so many, so many families and it's just gonna, like you said, sky's the limit for sure. Mm -hmm. And I just think like, it's really inspiring and I hope more people like listen to this and hear more about it and start more groups like this because I think it is such a huge need. Um, and I was listening to a podcast the other day and this girl, she got pregnant in college as well and she was a collegiate athlete and um, mm. they told her to quit <laughs> and basically were like, you probably aren't going to finish college and there was just no support. And she was like, yeah. nope, I'm not going to do that. Um, and she got a job and like ended up finishing college and ended up becoming like an elite athlete and you know, now she's like four kids later, you know, like you, she was like, I'm not going to have it. And so she ended yeah. up starting, um, you know, a nonprofit for girls that get pregnant in college that are athletes, um, just I to be able that. to support them so they can continue to, you know, be an athlete. Cause it's obviously time consuming mm-hmm. and whatnot and be a mom. And, um, yeah, like I said, I feel like just like spreading the word and just being like, this is not the end, right? Like right. you well, have the support. Yeah. It makes me think, you know, we, 
I'm such a believer in the power of speaking life into people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure exactly why our society has such an aversion. It's like if someone is bound to fail, then then they're bound to fail. Like, let's just pretend that that's true. Okay, you ruin your life. Everything's, you know, over. What's the harm in telling them that it's not? Like, why do we feel like we need to, like, double down? <laughs> like, right. you know, and even as parents, it's, I, I think that's probably where it comes from, right? Mm-hmm. This culture of parenting where we feel like in order for someone to learn a lesson, we have to condemn them. They have to feel the shame mm-hmm. um, or they're not going to learn. But shame actually doesn't teach us anything. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it, it's a huge barrier to growth. Um, mm-hmm. It's a distraction. It gets in the way. But to your point, you know, if you tell that college athlete, like, hey, you know what? You're pregnant, but I believe in you and I see great things in you and you're so talented. And this baby is so fortunate to have a mom that's so gifted and is going to persevere and you keep going. And let's say that she's doomed regardless of what you say. Mm-hmm. What's the harm in telling her she can do it? You know, and we need to be doing that parents when your child comes home with something like you tell them that they can do it you know when your sister your whoever you know finds themselves in an unplanned pregnancy the worst case scenario is you know it is all over and they've ruined their lives but it's <laughs> unlikely. like it's it's unlikely you know and, and right. you're just making it that much more likely that they're successful mm-hmm. and that they thrive and that their child is better off for it when you speak life into them so yeah, you know, and we need to be doing that for our children too. When they yeah. make mistakes, you tell them what you see in them, and you you tell them you know who you believe them to be, and you don't make you don't let the mistakes define them because then yeah. they grow up people that then say those kinds of things to other people. Exactly. I mean, I'm a firm <laughs> believer in like finding solutions, right? So even if it is a tough situation, like we can find a solution to this. We can you know find a positive in it, and we can get through it. And I think we've talked about this before. Like, I mean, it makes you stronger, right? It's like a huge. It could be like a huge mountain or like a huge setback, but there's always another side. There's always another side to get over to it. And um, I think there's always solutions. Like, I mean, I. I think my daughter gets sick of hearing me say it. Uh, the other day I asked her to, I had just run a marathon, so I wasn't bending oh over very God. well. So I was like, great. Can you pick, thank you. Can you pick this up off the floor for me? And she's like, mom, you are fully capable of this. That's what she said. <laughs> she's seven. And I was like, all right, well, at least I'm glad like some of these like inspiring words are like resonating in her little head. And, um, Isn't I'm like, it great when they get old enough to like repeat you back to you? <laughs> So I'm like, she does listen to me sometimes, right. you know? So, you know, big moment over there. But yeah, I think there's always solutions. And yeah, like hearing encouragement because, um, I mean, this is why I started this podcast, right? Because shame, especially as a mom, is just so huge. Um, and it's so mom isolating. Girl. Yes. Mm. It just, it keeps you so isolated in your burden, you know? And it's just if we talk about these things and put them out there and know that you're not alone and like there are people like you that are like providing these resources and support and then there's, you know, other companies out there that can also provide support. Um, it's just, it's going to, I hope it will get rid of it or at least help get rid of it. Yeah. Um, It'll change the narrative. And, and yeah. I think what you're doing is beautiful because you're creating space for people to grow in, which I think is what we all need are more safe places to sort of have that introspective moment, mm-hmm. admit where we've, fallen short and grow mm-hmm. because shame just makes people want to hide it creates exactly. cover you know, you want to cover yourself from the vulnerability of of criticism um and it doesn't that's not a, a safe place to grow in you know so right thank you yeah you can't that. you're kind of just staying still right and like thinking you're the only one yeah. um in this situation and 
Yeah, once you speak it, like I say to all my moms that I interview, I'm like, as soon as you put it out there, it's like you release it, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're talking about something that was really hard that you must have felt really alone in and now you're talking about it and helping someone just by speaking it, you know, out loud. So it's it's really powerful. The most crippling thing is for us to all believe that we're alone in our struggles and to Mm -hmm. think that, you know, something was intrinsically wrong with us that got us into a difficult spot. But when we kind of zoom out a little bit and have a more holistic view of how we're all equipped or not with certain things, right? Yeah. And then we're equipping or not our children with things that will then, you know, set them up for how they handle things, you know, and the best thing we can do is be gentle and have grace for our own selves and empathy for ourselves and, and also extend that to our children and teach them how to do the same. I think it, it creates an atmosphere that is, you know, conducive for growth and not shame and hiding and and being stuck. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Kyla. So where can we find you? Where can we find mom starts here? Yeah, definitely download our app, follow along with us. We are going to be posting more and more content on there and sharing more opportunities to engage virtually and in person if you're local. Um, but follow us on social media. Um, you can find us, um, on, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and we have a Twitter. We don't post anything. We don't tweet. <laughs> I don't tweet. Do I don't know how to tweet. <laughs> Not going to see very many tweets from us, but Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, and definitely the mobile app. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, all right. So I'm going to link all of that below and you can find Kyla there. Thank you so much. This is so much incredible knowledge. And I know people will reach out and get even more resources from you personally. So. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Empowerhood is brought to you by Flourish Everyday Coaching. Check them out in the link below. And again, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. If you could take 60 seconds of your time and leave us an Apple review, this helps share the news about this podcast and help women all over the world. If you want to see the video version of this podcast, you can go to our YouTube channel and subscribe there. Thank you so much, and we'll see you at the next episode.